It's the Snobbies! I'm sure there's a lot of stuff to talk about for this week because we, it, dude, I've been I've been gone for like three weeks, so <laughs> there's just so much to talk about, but we have like no time to talk about it. Um, all right, guys, welcome to the Snubbies. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we've been gone for a very long time. My apologies. Uh, there's been sicknesses. There's been schedules falling through. There's been a whole bunch of stuff, but I have Mr. Mike Morosco with me once again. Mini round of applause. Hello. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Mike, how's Boston doing? We're doing good. Spring has sprung. Good. Feeling good. No more cold weather? No. Last time I was on, there was like another foot of snow. So this is <laughs> this is good. Positive thing. Good. Red Sox are playing again, which is good. They've been a little struggling, though. Hey, but you know what? That makes for better sports talk radio. So actually, True. As, as much as it pains me, um, them being terrible... Yeah. Not terrible, well, but just, they're, they're trending Well, it's, it's like last year. I know, I know this is a movie podcast, my <laughs> apologies, but just really quickly to talk about sports. Um, it's like last year. They, they started off really bad, and they just kept staying bad. But on paper, they're supposed to win the World Series, you know? I don't know about that. Well, no, that's, a, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Is on paper, they're the pick to win the AL. But, oh, for real? But like Ugh. two weeks into the season, no, they're not. <laughs> Yeah, so. and it's still early, but we'll see. It is, but, but guys. All right. Anyways, anyways. Uh, so this week, Mike, what are we going to talk about this week? This week, uh, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about the AFI top five animated movies. Exactly. Now, it's weird because this is not an award, but this is a podcast about snubbing. So, this is an older list. And it's it's worth noting that a lot of the movies that we're going to talk about were not released when this list came out. But that being said, I also think that a lot of the movies that were released before this list came out were completely overlooked. Yeah. So you'll we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but I mean, and Evan, you you have your own history with AFI Top One Hundred. I've seen every single movie that's ever been on an AFI list. And, and before, like, Netflix was around. Yes, even. yes. It before it very difficult. Yeah, so our luckily, the only real good thing about the college that we went to, uh, kind of, sort of, college, was uh, their library was stacked with VHS. Just, like, someone went out and bought every single movie, and it was very, very yeah. easy to get your hands on, on a lot of movies. And they just happened to have every AFI movie. So um, even, even, like, movies that are impossible to see, like... Um, um, like Charlie Chaplin movies that don't exist anymore. Like I was able to mm. see, so that was that was really cool. So Definitely. that's good stuff. Um, so Mike, since since we've been away, something huge has happened in the movie world, and I have not had right. a chance to talk about it with anybody. I I I think I know where you're going with this. What What it. do you think I'm going to say? Something. Well, we always talk about Batman v Superman. Exactly. Dawn of Justice and. I have to admit, I still have not seen it. It's been three okay. weeks since it's been out. Have not seen it. But I will say, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, dude. I absolutely will agree that the major criticisms that it's not a well-put-together, structurally movie. I will All right, can I, absolutely concede can I say and it? agree. Can I say it? I told yeah. you so. 
I freaking told you so. And, however, oh. <laughs> however, it is the most comic book accurate movie I've ever seen. But who? But and and here's the thing: this is not me knocking a, you. This is not me knocking comic yeah. book fans. Who gives a shit? This is a movie. This is cinema. Exactly. This is not comic books. Like exactly. I, I understand what it's inspired by comic for, books, all that stuff. That's fine. That's good. This yeah. is a fucking movie. Don't. The biggest thing I would say: the the what works in a comic book in the type of you know, you can have artistic freedom to do things that might be a dream sequence or a flashback, and it, the way they're laid out in a comic book can totally make sense, does not translate to a movie, and I think that left a lot of people confused. Although, it's still a very successful movie, so I don't get why people are saying, like, Warner Brothers is rethinking everything. Like, the movie's going to have over well, $100 million Here's Here's worldwide. what concerns me, is that, I mean, first off, I like the fact that I was right, because I'm an egotistical, <laughs> maniacal son of a bitch. Of course. Um, that's just kidding. I love my mom. Um, it's the fact that uh, it made that much movie, but then it dropped 60%, which is almost unheard of. Like, the, the box office intake dropped up to 60%. That means people yeah. who line up in droves to go see this movie were like, it's, this isn't good enough to see again. Which or is, the word of mouth. And no, the word like of mouth what, got that's out. What, but that's what made Deadpool. Like, no, I'm, so, I'm so, going to see yeah. this movie. And here's the interesting thing. Since, I, since this movie has come out, I have actually gone and watched Man of Steel, which I hadn't seen Ooh. before. Uh, what did you think of Man of Steel? Um, I thought it was going to be uh, like a 10% movie, and it was, yeah. uh, it was 15%. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, hey. <laughs> which means it is still one of the worst movies I've seen in a very, very long time. Aww. I was just expecting it to be a little bit worse. You didn't like the penis pods? Oh, God. The, dude, like, what the fuck was I'm, that? I'm looking over at my wife. I'm seeing big dicks in IMAX. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, the best part of that movie, as, and I can say this about any movie that this guy's in, is Michael Shannon. I actually just watched, uh, <laughs> I just got on Netflix the night before, the Christmas movie with Seth Rogen. That was, oh, he's in that? That was a god-awful oh. movie, and Michael Shannon was the best part of it. That's great. I mean, it just goes to show, if you've never seen a movie... Uh, Oh crap! The hell is it called? Um, he yeah, he uh, shelter take shel- shelter take shelter exactly, shelter. dude. Yeah. He, ooh, if he's gonna be the new Gary Oldman, he's gonna be that. He's also uh, he's in a new. Um, oh, what's it called? There's some new movie. It's like it's, yeah, I know what you're talking it, about. His son, his son has like aliens or powers. something, right? Oh, I forget. Starlight, Super yeah, Light, yeah, it, whatever like it is. It, I've seen yeah. previews and I'm like, I must see this movie because he's amazing. yeah, same guy that did take shelter. Um, but since I, hey, Evan. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get going because uh, I want to get to the list really, really quickly here. Just one <laughs> thing, one really, really quick thing. Since Deadpool came out, they're reshooting scenes from Suicide Squad to make it funnier. I th- also not true. Also, David Ayer, the director of that movie, squashed those rumors. Oh, he did? There were regular, there were regular reshoots planned because the actor playing Killer Croc had scheduling conflicts You know, during the regular shooting. Like any movie, you know. Oh, so that's, so that's not true. That's not true Okay, I'm still in on Suicide Squad. I'll go see it. That's right. All right, dude. Well, we're going to take a really quick break. We'll get right to the list, and uh, we'll make this, we'll try to make this a quick episode. So we'll be right back. All right, guys, coming back from the break here. Uh, So, Mike, we are talking AFI top five animated movies. Now, 
this is interesting because this is the first time we're doing a, a top five list and not an award, which I know the show is based off of, but we just wanted to make it a little more interesting. So what, what were your thoughts on the, uh, on the AFI top five? Or, uh, I mean, it's, it's top, uh, what was it originally? Top 10, top 100? Well, so, yeah, I think it's a, the AFI has a top 100. You know, they, they break it down pretty right. much they, they have a yeah. lot of top 100s. Oh, I know what this was. This was uh, top 10, top 10 lists that they – it was like the last uh, of, the, of the top 100 stuff they did. So they had the top 10, but we wanted to do the top five because um, – I mean, listen, listen to what their top five was. It was uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs at number one, Pinocchio at number two, Bambi at number three, Lion King number four and Fantasia number five. That's gee, you think they like Disney much? Just a, just a lot. I mean, that's five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a couple things to note about this. One, uh, well, first off, there's no 3D animated, like there's no Pixar stuff in there, which is is bullshit. Um, now, I know this movie, this list came out several several years ago, so stuff like I think I think movies like Wall-E and Up might not even have been out yet, but uh, I mean, just that list alone, yeah, it is 100% Disney, which is, you know, heavily skewed, but it's also, the problem that I had with it was, some of these are not the best of all time. They're just on the list because they're historically relevant. I agree. Or, like, important, which doesn't necessarily make you the top. Yeah, like, like right away, I would take it two of these movies out. Like, I'm sorry, you need to decide between Snow White, Pinocchio, and Bambi. Those are the top three of all time, according to AFI. But Why they're all take two of them off. You have to take, take them off. You have to take two right away. I mean, you have to keep one for the historical relevancy. And I think the one that you keep is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Because that, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the first one, right? I believe so, yeah. Um, but not only that, I think that's the best out of those three particular I completely movies. agree. I think Bambi is overrated. And I think Pinocchio is actually not a good movie at all. Wow, I yeah, man, I totally agree. I mean, they have that like really creepy scene where his friend turns into the uh, into the jackass. Oh yeah. <laughs> How do you ever expect to be a real boy? What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like horrifying to watch. It's, it's oh, actually kind the, of traumatizing. The sound, like the guy doing the the, the voice on yeah. that too is just like huh? It's, it's awful. Oh, please, it's traumatizing. Please do that sound yeah. again. I want to make that my ringtone. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> um, so Pinocchio creepy as hell. Not a, like the story drags, and it's just not a good story. Uh, I understand the the moral of it, but I mean, there's a lot better moral stories out there. Um, Bambi is the only thing people remember from Bambi is spoiler alert fast forward the next 10 seconds if you don't want to hear is Bambi's mom getting shot by the deer hunter spoiler alert for like a 90 year old movie yeah my bad yeah, yeah if, <laughs> at this point if you haven't seen it then you're never gonna see it I think point. I think Bambi's mother is something that like transcends even like having watched the movie yeah but I'm pretty sure you know like if you if anyone comes out of the womb they know oh yeah Bambi's mother dies that's, yeah they slap you on the ass and they go by the way Bambi's mom yeah. dies <laughs> that's um, why that's why babies cry <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I actually kind of like that rationale. Um, yeah. It did do something interesting, though, because it did set forth the... Uh, Bambi might not have been the first Disney movie, but it definitely uh, set forth the Disney tradition of parents dying in the beginning of Disney movies or that, like that, that classic wonderful the, tradition yeah like Disney happiest place on earth where parents aren't allowed because they're all dead um, it's uh, it's interesting because characters in Bambi movies are either orphans or they're like single parent or, or something weird like parents always have to die in Disney movies which is really really weird yeah. so um, I mean even Snow White had uh, uh, what was it the stepmother or the godmother whatever it was like Oh, yeah. Wasn't even an actual parent. And Pinocchio obviously was, you know, carved from wood from a creepy old guy in a backwood shack. Even looking ahead, like in Frozen, both yeah. parents die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, dude, look at, uh, I know this this isn't parents, but look at the movie Up, which we'll get to later. But, I mean, the movie starts off, uh, that's a, the first time a Disney movie made me cry within the first five minutes. And that's because yeah. of uh, of the death that happens in the beginning of that movie. But... I mean, dude, Lion King, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the most horrific animated death scenes of all time because it's, uh, well, maybe not horrific, but definitely traumatizing. Brother, help me! Long live the king. I don't know. So right away, I think Pinocchio and Bambi, they they get booted off really quickly. Um, I don't know how I feel about Fantasia being on the list. What are your the thoughts? Thing, well, the thing I appreciate about Fantasia, it's almost like an art exhibit, though, where it's got different segments. It's loosely tied together, but like as a cohesive animated movie, I don't think it's... I mean, I guess it technically qualifies, but I just don't... Like, it's not as enjoyable as well, there's, a movie. There's, uh, it's basically a collection of short films, and there's no continuing storyline. So it's it's a movie that you can watch in segments. You don't need to watch it from yeah. beginning to end, which is which is interesting. I mean, I, for me, I like to be involved in the story from start to finish. Uh, right. And I, I don't think I'm alone on that. So I think maybe for that aspect where it's it's not a movie that, like, requires a solid viewing from, you know, uh, in one sitting. I think we can probably get rid of Fantasia. I definitely acknowledge uh, the amazingness of it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's a visual spectacle. I mean, even the original Fantasia from 19, what was it, 1960-something, I think? And then even the, the updated one that they did, uh, you know, 20 years ago was actually kind of amazing, too. Um, but I think out of the top five... I think Snow White and the Lion King are the only ones that that actually make it through to the next round, and we'll we'll see how it stacks up against the competition. Yep. Um, cool. So let's uh, let's talk about some other animated movies now. Um, it's AFI, so foreign movies are not applicable. And which I didn't realize, you know. Yeah. Obviously, because it, it's funny because we were but. so we were making the list of what movies we want to talk about. One of my favorite animated movies of all time is The Triplets of Belleville. And uh, I don't see, I don't like Japanimation. Not that Triplets of Belleville oh, is, but talking about foreign movies, obviously a lot of people are going to go with anime 
uh, you know, Spirited Away and stuff like that. But for me, the best foreign animated movie of all time is Triplets of Belleville. And, and I knew you were big on that even when that came out. Didn't you go to make a trek to see that in the theater? Oh, I saw it three times in the theater. I, right. I love that movie. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a movie with no dialogue. So it's, uh, I mean, not, not that it's a silent movie. There's no, um, you know, there's no, uh, uh, what the hell you call it? No subtitles or anything like that. It's just, it's all told through uh, facial expressions. And it's not, mm. you know, unlike anime movies, there's no fantasy aspect of it. It's literally just a story. And it's told through, uh, I mean, there is one song in the movie, but that doesn't tell a story within the movie. Uh, so Triplets of Belleville is awesome. I know a lot of a lot of a lot of people love Spirited Away. Yeah. Um, I just I don't like the anime style, so that's why that's why I don't like it. But that's besides the case. Those are foreign movies. Those do not qualify. I do think though, that Spirited Away though, it's a very important film, even though it's an anime. Just I, the fact yeah. that like it's sort of the pinnacle of that form of animation, and I think. If this were a different kind of animated film list, I'd make a bigger argument for it. But for sure, you know. for sure, and you know, I'll I'll acknowledge the importance of it. I just don't like it. So it's uh, mm. no, it's it's like Kobe Bryant. Like I don't like Kobe, but I acknowledge his greatness. <laughs> I'm American. And I don't like things that aren't American. <laughs> Go for Trump. No, just kidding. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about. Uh, let me put those in the red because those aren't going to make it past the next round, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, right away, do we want to talk about, like, 3D animated movies, or do we want to talk about, like, traditional anim- uh, animated movies first? I'm fine doing either. There, I mean, there's even a third category, so... Which was the third category? Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, you're talking uh, stop-motion animation. That's right. All right, well, let's, all right, let's do this. Let's break it down. Let's go uh, traditional animation first. Um, let's talk about sure. the Iron Giant for a second. This is a movie that grown-ups love more than kids, even though it is a kid's story. Mm-hmm. And it's widely regarded as one of the all-time greatest animated movies, but it didn't really do much in terms of box office. So no. It flopped. It, it flopped, but the story is really, really good. I mean, you have voices of Jennifer Aniston and Vin Diesel. Not that, not that either of those really have any bearing on how good the movie is, but the story is awesome. Now, you've yeah. seen Iron Giant, right? Oh, yes. Uh, also arguable, probably the best Superman movie ever made. Dude, good call. And since we're on a, uh, since, you know, you're a guest on an anti-Zack Snyder podcast... <laughs> <laughs> the best Superman movie of all time does not involve Superman. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> it, it involves his. It involves the essence of his character, though, and I think those are really interesting things that the the giant has to understand and learn, and ultimately does in the end. He's learning to be human, and he's more human than the humans in the movie, which is Absolutely. which is a great. It's it's a great subplot. I absolutely. I mean, the you know the plot of the movie is the government thinks he's an alien, which he technically is, and um, it is it is a Superman movie. You're absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely the, right. The only the only points I'll knock away from the Iron Giant, and I guess it's more. So this was uh, I think written and directed by Brad Bird, um, who's probably more famous for doing Pixar movies and Mission Impossible and things right. like that. Um, but there's like directors like him and sort of Steven Spielberg they tend to have this fascination with the Cold War because either they were 
teenagers are growing up or their parents were around in like the 50s and 60s when there was this big threat of, you know, nuclear war from the Russians and, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't identify with that as much. And maybe it's just because I'm not as there is a like, deep paranoia of, sense to it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and like in like the propaganda and things like that, which I, I it kind of knocks it some points in my book. But yeah. I I totally understand where I think if if you were a little bit older than us, um, maybe it would speak to you more. Maybe if you were just more. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, we didn't get nuked at that time. I kind of well, don't care. That lends credence to a whole nother sci-fi, uh, like a whole nother genre, like sci-fi the alien movie movies. Sci-fis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alien movies are all about the Cold War. I mean, you look at the right. thing. You look at uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's all about communism, and they're some of the best. Like it, it really. Uh, like you know me, I'm a horror guy. I, f- I know. friggin' love horror movies, and sci-fi movies are so close to that genre. For the most part, and alien movies are are right up there. I mean, it's yeah. hard to say that any alien movie isn't you know, like already a horror movie. Iron Giant is an alien movie, not a horror movie, um, even though it does have some parts in it that are kind of borderline not okay for kids. Um, oh sure, definitely yeah. some creepy stuff. But but I I do like the underlying theme that he is more human than most humans, uh, and it's because of that whole you know paranoia stuff. So definitely. Um, I'm going to put that one in the green. I, I like Iron okay. Giant. Um, I think it's definitely worthy of discussing, uh, you know, at least comparing it to other movies that may or may not stand the test of time. So right. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go back to that one. Um, you put down Batman Mask of the Phantasm. So you're, you're yes. the comic book guy, so take it away. So I, more, mostly, like, I, it, I, I have no intention of leaving it on for the top five, but I really wanted to acknowledge how much I enjoyed uh, Batman the Animated Series, um, now particularly what, when it was on TV at the time. So this is a movie that's based off of the show. Yes. So it, you know, the same kind of animation style, the same voice actors, um, and it's just a longer story that would have, you know, encompassed a week's worth of episodes or something like that. So what's the, uh, so for people that are about 50% in, 50% out of the comic book world, what, right. what exactly is the, is like the basic plot of Phantasm? There's a phantasm fucking shit up. Batman's <laughs> got to stop him. There you go. So, I mean... That is... Dude, if that came up, if I was ever looking at movies on Netflix, like, I wonder what this is about, and that's yeah. the that's the logline of the movie, I'm totally watching it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it basically... It's... it's I, again, I don't think it stays on, but I just wanted to acknowledge how awesome that television show was. And anytime I can relate something comic to television to movie i'm gonna do it okay fair enough so, that's uh not a strong argument but you've made your case um it's probably it's probably the most like like the for me like growing up and watching the cartoons those those are the most iconic th- images right. of batman all right so. fair enough um if we're gonna talk about aladdin we are sorry about the lion king we also have to talk about aladdin because right. we've uh, we've mentioned aladdin on this podcast before in terms of would you give an acting award to a voice actor and the case has always been Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin is the case and that's the that's what you have to hold it up against um there was there was a a stretch there where Disney was just cranking out hit after hit and it involved Little Mermaid Aladdin Lion King there was just a really solid stretch there Beauty and the Beast exactly um which by the way, I did not put on that list. We probably should include that because that's that's going to be 
a shame if Only we Only animated film ever nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah, is that can. still true since they opened up the No, the because result? I think Up was nominated once they uh, once they oh, opened yeah, it up yeah. to, to 10 awards. To 10, um, yeah. But just talking about, I mean, we can talk about Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast together. Um, the animation was nothing revolutionary, but they were just solid, solid stories. I mean, for uh, technically both of them, you take old classic tales that were that were thrillers. Um, you know, Beauty and the Beast long, long ago was it was not a movie for kids. You take it and you make it a movie for kids and you just inject it with this music that is timeless. You know, no pun intended. The music was on on point. Late 80s, early 90s Disney music. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. My kids still listen to it. Oh, dude, I'll bust that out during karaoke. Like, they're some of the best songs that have ever come out of movies. All I can picture is you singing A Whole New World (laughs) (laughs) in a room full of drunk people. I'm not going to say that may or may not have happened at, yeah. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> um, but it just goes to show, I mean, it is possible that our final top five on this could potentially include three, uh, four Disney movies between Snow After White. we just gave them shit. I know. <laughs> doing the but, same thing. But the thing is, you know what it was? Is I think including that many Disney movies all together. So I think it wasn't right. So I think we would have to decide between yeah. Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. And I got to be honest. I mean, Lion King, the only reason why that wasn't nominated for Best Picture was because it came out in what year? 1994, the greatest year in movie history. So. Oh, my gosh. It, it, dude, that's the Forrest Gump pulp, pulp Fiction Shawshank Redemption year. So it's uh, it already had an uphill battle to climb, and it did not make it. But I think any other year it absolutely would have. Um, so 1994 is like the Back to the Future uh, 1955 Enchantment of the <laughs> Dance Night. It's like, it's, it's the culmination of the time paradox. We might have to do a top five list of just the greatest years of all time. And I, I already know 1994 is going to be the best. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so uh, the only other just oh no there's, so there's two more uh, traditional animated well, movies. Well, so what I'll say to that is a lot like Disney was dominating around this time. Oh yeah, like w- other animation houses. Why even try? Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Yeah. Except where you're about to go next, um, the Land Before Time. I actually just watched this movie with my son the other day. Um, oh man! And it's Sharp a. Tooth? It is a very, very long 65 minutes, let me tell you. <laughs> it is a very short movie. Um, the only reason why I wouldn't advance it is because I don't think it holds up as well as we all assume it does, unless you watch it again as an adult. But I remember watching that movie at least once a day growing up. And, yeah. I mean, it's kids love dinosaurs. That's why kids love stuff like Jurassic World today, you know? Kids um, love Ducky. It, dude, Ducky's awesome. Yep, yep, yep. Um, oh. It's. Uh, oh wait, that was that Ducky or was that Pete? No, that was yep, Ducky, no, you're right? right. Yeah, Ducky. I would keep yeah. confusing what Ducky and Peter. All right, all right. We got we got Littlefoot. Littlefoot, Littlefoot, Sarah. We got Sarah. Spike. Spike, Spike was got, the best. Yeah. Because he was just like a freaking fat ass, and everybody right, loves a fat silent. ass. He doesn't say anything. He's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yeah. Sharptooth. Oh fuck, Sharptooth. Uh, Sharptooth is a evil son of a bitch. Um, but it's you know what's funny is <laughs> after you grow up and you go through school and you learn about biology and everything you're like eh, sharp tooth is just trying to survive man he's just trying to eat a meal <laughs> that's all he's trying to do <laughs> um, 
it, yeah, I would be remiss to not mention Land Before Time because it yeah. it is such a classic movie. But if you're going to compare it to the likes of The Lion King, it doesn't even hold up. It really doesn't. I agree. So unfortunately, uh, I just had to mention it because love me some Land Before Time, but uh, it's just it's not going to make a top five list. Um, th- so the last tra- I don't even call this traditional. This is computer animation, but it's still 2D. Uh, South Park, bigger, longer, uncut. I saw this movie probably eight times in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) It was was just too good. Um, I know what, like, what are your, like, I, I can't get enough of this movie. Even today I'll put it in and just, and watch it on end. Yeah. So like when it first came out, I don't think it, cause you know, we're obviously from pretty rural New Hampshire and it wasn't playing anywhere near. And I remember being in class and one kid was like, yo, I got my cousin to take me to Boston to go see mm-hmm. South Park, and it was unbelievable, like, you know, well, dude, middle school. Growing up in New Hampshire, uh, I, I lived very, very close, and this is when I just got my driver's license, too, so I, we would go to the drive-in theater in Weir's Beach all the time. Yeah. And I can remember, like, we would just find ways to go in. Like, we would we would wrap ourselves in blankets and, and stuff ourselves in the trunk. Like, yeah. one person would pay to go in, and they'd be like, just one? would be like, yep. And then they'd hear, like, four <laughs> people kicking around the trunk. Yeah. Or uh, Thurston's Marina, we would always sneak in there and sneak under the fence and just listen to someone's open window or, <laughs> or something. That's right. So, um, definitely saw this movie a lot more than I probably should have. But yeah. the story itself is great. I mean, it's a retelling of, of Les Miserables. So the music is fantastic. They nominated the wrong song. They did but for obvious reasons. They couldn't nominate a song called "Uncle Fucker," <laughs> which is just a travesty. Totally. <laughs> Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. You're a cocksucking ass licking Uncle Fucker. You're an Uncle Fucker. Yes, it's true. Nobody fucks uncles quite like you. Shut your fucking face, dude. Uncle I remember fucker. when that Uncle Fucker song came out. Like my friends and I just looked at each other. We're like, are they really making a song out of? Uncle fucker. <laughs> we used to so we, we we had a friend who had like a discman, you know, and we we'd, we'd be in the cafeteria and he brought his portable computer speakers in. Oh my god! And we would just blast that until the teachers would be like, "Okay, I know it sounds like a musical, but you should probably shut that off." Uh, but really, the best song of it was, uh, oh, what, I can't remember the name of it. It's the one where like they're all singing like all the La the Resistance, story. like the Resistance. Yeah, the Resistance song. Yeah. yeah, that's the best song because it just You're incorporates right. everything. Drop dick in half and serve it to a pig. And there it hurts your life and dies a dickless cheek. But that's the way it goes. And more your shatterbomb, though we die. Lovers and stars, lovers They may cut your dick in half and serve it to a pig. It'll hurt, but then you'll laugh and dance a dickless jig. Committed to memory. It's a great movie. Oh, it is such a good movie. I I can't look past it, man. I think we have to at least compare it to other movies. Yep. All right, I'm putting it in the green. We got to talk about that. Just because um, it's animated doesn't even doesn't you know doesn't have to be for children. Exactly, and that's I think that's the point. Uh, because oh, the I really think when they did the top ten of the animated movies, they were like, oh, it has to be kid friendly. Like, no, it doesn't. Kid, you know, South Park's that example. All right, so let's get into... Oh, before we go into 3D, let's talk about the one that you brought up. Um, Stop-motion animation, traditionally used in big-budget uh, fantasy epics like... Uh, uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Jason, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jason and the Argonauts, uh, you know, all those Ray Harryhausen movies, which yep. are just so amazing. Um, 
Nightmare Before, but that all had live action as well. Nightmare Before Christmas is 100% stop motion. Um, now, this kind of paved the way for stuff like Coraline, Nine. Yep. Um, I didn't like Coraline. I thought it was, uh, someone must have watched a movie that I didn't see, because when I saw Coraline, I was like, I do not understand why people like this movie. It just wasn't good. It wasn't bad, but it just wasn't good. Yeah. People were like, oh, it's the new Nightmare. Um, there is no new new Nightmare. It's Nightmare Before Christmas is what it is. It's amazing. It It's a movie that transcends two holidays. So <laughs> you can literally watch it for three months out of the year and still be considered relevant. That's true. <laughs> Just good. Pop, pop it in a couple of weeks before Halloween and exactly back in its case after New Year's. Exactly. And yeah. it, it, there's never a time where it's not appropriate, which is nice. So. Um, it's funny because I'm definitely one of those people. I, you know, being a horror movie fanatic, I love, love, love Halloween. They have the best candy, the best movies, and it really pisses me off when, like, on October 5th, there's Christmas crap coming into the <laughs> stores, and I'm like, my holiday isn't even done yet, dude. Like, back the fuck off. So at least this movie kind of blurs that line a little bit, where I can at least be okay with it. But uh, th- this movie has just like a cult behind it and you know you know obviously we've talked about this before the definition of a cult movie is a movie that did better you know in the home in the home box office rather than the uh you know rather than the actual box office nightmare before christmas did very very well at the box office but for some reason people made that movie a lot bigger than what it was when it was in the theaters so it is technically a cult movie um it's. I mean, it's. It's definitely worth considering up against all the other movies, just because for th- like for three months out of the year, people still go ape shit for this movie. Sure, it's a big part of like when, at Disney World and Disneyland, they renovate certain parts of the park. Exactly. To yeah, it's account for it. Yeah, people I mean, it. it came out. It, shit, I don't have the. I don't have my book in front of me. I can't remember what year it exactly came out. It was ninety something, maybe like ninety eight yeah. or something. Um, mm. But even, I mean, that's almost twenty years ago. We're still treating no that wait 20 years ago is it we're old probably sure yeah we are very old damn it oh my god and 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 the 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 movie itself like was ah i'm losing my train of thought here but um just the fact that the 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 sound and the the it's it's a it's a musical sort of as well like he's singing and, oh absolutely you know that that all goes a long way and it's not just like a spectacle of look what we did with some clay you know? right it it didn't it didn't utilize shock factor for the sake of shock factor like it did it be to enhance the story which is nice because like you know you you see all these like torture porn movies like Hostel and Saw and they're like they're literally trying to outdo themselves with grotesque imagery whereas Nightmare Before Christmas was like we're we're using it as a as a, a story motivating tool, right? Which it's was that fun which creepiness. Was cool. yeah, yeah, like when yeah. the kid pulls the severed head out of the Christmas present. Oh, yeah. That's like, the, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it serves a purpose, at, right. you know, mo- well beyond just shock factor. So, totally. Uh, and the, there's a fun fact about the Nightmare Before Christmas. So, if you're familiar with Pink Floyd's, uh, what album is that? Dark Side of Dark the Moon, Side and Moon. yeah, right, and Wizard of Oz, where it has like, oh, it's like you can kind of sync it up, and it sort of works. There's a Tool album called Anima, and oh yeah, I heard about syncs, that. It's amazing. It it really only for the first couple songs, it kind of, and then it sort of gets looser after that. But those first couple songs are like amazingly in sync. So it it happens when they 
like the beginning of the movie, it starts spinning around like the forest of the different seasons. Yeah. And there's the door when it starts going into the door or when it starts like, go, you know, going into the door, it, the song kicks in, the music kicks in. And it's like, holy crap. It's great. Probably not intentional, but it's pretty cool. No, that's right. Wasn't there something about there was a movie that just came out uh, or might, might have just come out on DVD. Um, and they said it's the same thing with Dark Side of the Moon. Like, Whoa. not only could you do it with Wizard of Oz, you could do it with this movie. What the hell? What just came out that was huge? And people are, oh, uh, Star Wars. Fan of, uh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, the Force are, they're saying The Force Awakens syncs up with, uh, with Dark Side of the Moon. I got to try that. Yeah, I might have to try that, too. <laughs> that could be actually really cool. I wonder if it when Kylo Ren's going ape shit and trashing the console with his lightsaber, like, money, <laughs> is a crowd, you know. Or when like when the uh, <laughs> when he's looking at the uh, the the crushed burnt helmet of Darth Vader, it's like, "Wish <laughs> you were here." <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Oh man! All right, so it's inevitable. We have to get into just this. I'm, I'm looking at all these movies that we're about to talk yeah. about. I, I think they're all Pixar. No, they're not all Pixar. They're the majority of them are Pixar movies. So you can't have a top five animated movies with at least one, if not three, 3D animated movies in the top five. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 all together because sure. doing about it individually, we're going to run out of time. Yeah. Um, my favorite one out of the group is Toy Story 3. Hmm. Yours, That's my least favorite, yeah. Which is weird. Yours is number two. Right? Right. right. Sorry. Right. Awkward pause. But Toy Story 1 got the ball rolling on the whole 3D animated movie thing in, in general. So it's like... Um, actually, there was a short called Luxo Jr. That No, yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the first 3D full feature movie. How's that? Correct. Does that, sure. that suffice for you? No, jackass. <laughs> um, actually, they used CG in Beauty and the Beast during the ballrooms. Okay, yeah. Oh, God. Get over it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> um. Right away, so I'll say this about Toy Story three: the scene where they're like heading towards the 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 kennel, the like the fire the incinerator. there, the incinerator. Yeah. Thank you. Um, like tears flowing in the in the theater, like bawling emotional. like a little girl, so emotional. Um, and it is a great movie. Like it's the whole letting go of Andy because Andy's letting go of you and like passing the toys on to another generation. Really, really good. That being said. I will yield that Toy Story 1 should be on the list instead of Toy Story 3 because oh. it is the historical uh, it is the historical movie that that really got the ball rolling. Although I will yeah. say Toy Story 3 should have won best picture that year. Do you know what won best picture over Toy Story 3? No. King's Speech. Oh, that was pretty good. I like that. Yeah, but you know what? Just like you said, it was pretty good. It wasn't yeah. amazing like Toy Story 3 was. Yeah. So I might have to go back and do a snubby episode just on uh, Toy Story 3 not getting Best Picture. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on why Toy Story 2 is the best of the, of the bunch. I definitely appreciate sequels that kind of flip what you learned in the original movie. And I know that like, sometimes it's like, well, that just means the movie couldn't stand on its own. But I think like, it works well. If, if, if someone were to come into number two they would get all the information they would need to still enjoy it. But like, if you've come in with the experience from number one, like you're going to get a whole additional layer. And I guess specifically like, like another thing I appreciate, do you know like what ret retcon in it is in? 
ret- retcon is. No. Do you know what that is? No. So retcon is when later on they'll attempt to explain something that wasn't explained previously or they'll correct something. So um, basically every found footage horror movie series of all time. Well, only so like only if they do it later on. Right. Or if they say like, oh, you know, I, I haven't seen Blair Witch 2, but if they were like, oh, actually the reason they were there was because of right. this. And like they try to like make reasons for maybe why things don't work. Or, right. And it makes um, you go back and rewatch the first one. Right. And then, you know, even though like when they made the first one, they had no thought to address that. But if you if you go back to it, knowing that like you can kind of get enjoyment out of it, you're like, oh. That, so, like, they tried to do that a lot with the prequel Star Wars movies, and I don't think it worked really well. Yeah. You know, they were, like, yeah. over-explaining certain Well, that's, that's George like, Lucas uh, just being a bad storyteller. Exactly. Um, and I know, but, I know so many people are like, oh, don't harp on George Lucas. No, like, Empire, this, Empire was <laughs> the best movie of the Star Wars franchise, and he didn't direct it. So nope. He can't tell a story. Um, that's right. And he won't anymore. Ha ha. Yeah. I really wanted to talk about the the do-back. Um, nope. Moving on. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know, dude. I I still but think listen, I still think the thing. What, oh. The thing that's really great about Toy Story Two is it gives all this. Like you're like, oh, Woody's just a cowboy in the first movie. Like there's not a whole lot of context. He's just kind of there and he appears. They give him a complete backstory, and you realize like he he even realizes like he belongs to this group to this like whole toy line, and it's this lost like. Like he's, it's like he was an orphan and he's getting, he's he's met his parents. You know what I mean? Like he's learning all this stuff about his past, and it's like, yeah, heck with all those so, toys I'm not familiar with. I'm staying with my own kind. So, but then like uh, he finds a way to get it both in the end, and I just something that speaks to me like quite a bit. I know you're you're that. gonna have a good cry right now. Um. Yeah. Right. Ooh. <laughs> um, all right. So maybe we should have talked about this before we started. We should probably establish what is actually going to make the case for being a top five animated movie of all time. Are we talking story? Are we talking about cultural significance? Like what? Because those don't necessarily yeah. go hand in hand. As you know, as obviously you're seeing with Pinocchio, Bambi, and Fantasia getting the boot immediately. Yeah. So what? They, like, they can though. They can though because like you know Jurassic Park for the time. The, the special effects were amazing, but like I think you can still appreciate that they were amazing at the time. They're still they still hold up really well now, but it's not something like I th- I think you can say yes that was groundbreaking. It's still relevant, you know. Like I think you can have it both ways. So yeah, I'm I, willing to concede. Yeah, I think you're going to have to concede. Because, I I understand because, what you're saying. I like I yeah. dig the appreciation for that for that backstory. I just think of the three, I think Toy yes. Story one has to represent the group. Right. Okay. Sorry, Mike. Like at like at the All Star Games in basketball, when they have like, here's someone from the classic, you know, Celtics team. Here's someone from the, the Mohegan Sun Connecticut team, and here's <laughs> someone on the current Celtics. Would you take who would you take, Bill Russell or like these other two clowns? You're like, no, I need to go with Bill Russell. So Toy Story is the Bill Russell. Of there you go. That that is a great <laughs> analogy. Story. Great analogy. Um, uh, we gotta tear through some of these just to get to the top five because I know you gotta get out of here. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Ratatouille, but you would put that in your top five, wouldn't you? I would. Another Brad Bird film. So, all right. So here's the thing. Here's here's the the slew of movies that we're still looking at: Ratatouille, mm-hmm. Lego Movie, Frozen, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., Shrek, Up, Wall-E, Incredibles. I think we can cut Lego Movie because that's within the last five years, and I know typically you don't like to. 
Yes, and he was snubby with anything because. And and here's yeah. the thing is, I understand that it was one of the top grossing movies that year. I understand people were pissed it wasn't nominated for best picture. I think best animated it, movie even. I think it was overrated. And I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. I'm not saying it was overrated like it was a bad movie that people think are good. Yeah. I just think that it's not a movie that would ever be considered for a top five, but yet people are acting like it's the greatest animated movie of all time. And No, I, th- I don't. So, like, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't think the story's very good, but yeah. the animation's incredible. Like, they, like, if you had not, if you're not told it was all made with computer animation... You would think it was stop motion. Like, yeah, exactly. Which is incredible. Um, so. Pick another movie you would immediately boot off the list. Shrek, Shrek, Thank Shrek. You. Get off, get off the list. Shrek. <laughs> Fuck okay. off, Shrek. Okay, Shrek. And Donkey. <laughs> and Fiona. It's because it's. And, is it because it's not Pixar? No, it's because it's not. I think we talked about it on a previous snubby. Like it's it's very dated. Very it's it's dated, dated, and the jokes are very on the nose. And Evan, there's a, it opens with a friggin' Smash Mouth song. Come on. Okay, that alone makes me boot it off the list. There you go. As someone who's had experience <laughs> with Smash Mouth, or at least Smash Mouth guy. Oh, dude, that, that was uh, that was one of the first uh, like pseudo celebrity people I worked with when I moved out to LA was Smash Mouth. <laughs> and you were so happy. You, I remember you emailed me, and you go, "Hey, guess what? I'm working with some has been '90s band." I go, "Sugar Ray." You go, "Guess again." I go, "Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth." Boom, done. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, but com- coming from like No Town, New Hampshire, like it's, it's fun to work with people that have at least been on TV. Um, Somebody once told me Shrek's not going to be on our list, so get it off. There you go. Pick another one to, to boot off. <sighs> um, I'm going to go The Incredibles. I would. I was just thinking that. Be- as much as I like The Incredibles, yeah, I really, really enjoy it, especially in this era of of superhero movie, comic book movie stuff. It is really, really fun. I know we've talked about Jason Lee deserving credit for his his yeah. voiceover work. Um, I don't know there, there's a lot of things I can pick apart. There are a couple characters I just don't like out of that movie. Yeah. Um, but honestly, just comparing it to a lot of these other movies, I just don't think I don't see it. I don't see it right. making past top fifteen, top twenty, probably. But sure, yeah, sure, we'll we'll consider it. Um, Frozen, it's a juggernaut, dude. It's yeah. It's impossible to deny the power of Frozen. I mean, so even do you know the Frozen South Park connection? No. So, oh, I'm gonna totally forget his name. Bobby, uh, what's his name? Anyway, the guy that composed uh, the majority of the songs, yeah. comes from Broadway. He did Avenue Q. Um, Bobby, what's his? I, anyway, he worked with Trey. He's a huge South Park fan. Mm-hmm. He worked with Trey Parker and Matt Stone on the Book of Mormon. He's the composer. You know, the composer of Book of Mormon. Okay. Um, and yeah, he's like a superstar. He has an EGOT, right? Like already, <laughs> youngest guy to ever get the EGOT, which EGOT. is an Emmy. <laughs> For uh, people who Emmy, don't Grammy. know what the EGOT is and have never watched Thirty Rock, it is Emmy, Grammy, uh, Oscar, and Tony. If you've won all of those awards, you have an EGOT. Yeah. So like Mel Brooks has one, but this guy was like the youngest, and I can't forget Bobby something. Anyway, um, but that's the connection and the and the songs and I, you know, I have a daughter, but. Frozen's pretty freaking good. It is good, and and here's the thing: is I've I've gone on record and I've said I, I think Frozen is slightly overrated. Like everyone thinks it's a hundred percent, I'm like it's ninety five percent. So sure. yep, I definitely think it's a great movie. I just don't think it's a hundred percent great. But regardless, 
Um, and I, here's the thing. I love the character of Olaf. I think he's an unnecessary character in the story. I'm glad he's there. He's funny. He's cute. He's cuddly. I want the stuffed animal, blah, 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 all that shit. In the grand scheme of things, he doesn't really do anything to progress the story. So, whatever. Totally. <laughs> um, uh, just, it is a juggernaut, though. I mean, I, one of uh, one of my, my best friends works for Disney. I won't say who he is or in what department or anything, but... Uh, when Frozen before before Frozen came out, he was saying, "Yeah, it'll it'll be a good movie. I just don't think it'll it'll be like Lion King good." Uh, and not only was he wrong, but like Disney was wrong. Like they yeah. they didn't expect Frozen to be as huge as it was. And you look at, like, just the merchandising alone between Olaf characters and Elsa. Elsa was the big thing. Like, you saw for Halloween, even now, like Halloween this year, count how many girls are walking around in Elsa dresses. It's insane. And have you seen the, um, the short sequel, Frozen Fever? No, I did not see that one. It's great. It's on Netflix. You should definitely check it out. Okay. It's part of, like, the Disney shorts collection. It's, like, the last one on there. It's really good, and there's an original song, and it's probably better than, like, Let It Go. You know, that's kind of the seminal. Yeah. Not my favorite song, actually, for Frozen. Want to build a snowman? Uh, no, I like Love is an Open Door, actually. Oh, but interesting. You're, you're, a, you're an odd <laughs> duck, man. You always go against the grain. <laughs> I do go against the grain. You're right. But okay, so let's. Yes, I think Frozen should yeah, probably. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be in, the, in contention here. Um, All right. Let's talk about Up and Wally really quick because I think I'm going to boot both of these. Um, Man, I, I am agreeing with you today. Yeah, sure. here's the thing: both of those movies I will watch any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Um, but if we're talking greatest of all time, I, I mean, Finding Nemo I think is better than those two movies. Sure. Yep. Um, now that being said, Finding Nemo and Monsters Inc. These are two of my all-time favorite animated movies of all time. I'm going to have a hard time booting either of these, but I think maybe we pick between the two. Um, yeah, I like Monsters Inc. better personally. But I do too, and I, and I think that's the one that yeah. I'm going to move forward is because I'm I'm a sucker for a father and son movie. I don't I don't know why I have a great relationship with my father. I I'm obsessed with my son. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with father son movies. So finding yeah. Finding Nemo is so amazing, but Monsters Inc. introduced us to a, like a telling of a world. Like, Monsters in the Closet, man, kids are always afraid of Monsters in the Closet, and this gave it a storyline that yeah. that changed the outlook on it, which I think is just so damn impressive. It's clever. It's so clever. It's clever. It's well done. Um, I mean, John Goodman and uh, and Billy Crystal together are amazing. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi? Yeah. yeah. So I, Do you say Buscemi or Buscemi? I say, I say Buscemi. I say Buscemi. Man, you've been out in California too long. Okay. Well, well, we'll have to we'll we'll get a hold of his agent and say, can we talk to Steve? What's his name? <laughs> and see how they That's pronounce true. it. <laughs> um, so now let's really quickly, because uh, we're you're about to get booted out of your office here. Um, Ratatouille. Uh, yeah. Uh, between I gotta tell you, man, between the movies that we've greenlit so far, I don't see it. Make your case. Yeah. Make your case. And we still haven't even talked about another. I that's it's probably my favorite Pixar movie. So putting that above why any of the others, I just really like it. It's original. It it doesn't necessarily fall into a lot of the tropes. It falls into some tropes, but it doesn't fall into like you know what kind of a movie is it? Dying. I mean, I've I've seen it a couple times, but I'm trying to like is yeah. it an outsider movie? Is that what we would classify it as? 
I, I think it's like a really like a social outcast. Pretty much, and like, or just like you know the, the uh, not conveying the social norms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, here's a rat. He should be acting this certain way. He doesn't. He's got to follow his instincts and follow his heart. The only way he can do that is through another guy who's you know a social outcast. Although this, you know, he's a human, but he's basically a rat. No one respects him. But it's it's like your body appearance sometimes. You, you know, you got to get over whatever personal thing, you know, things you see in front of your face. Don't judge a book by its cover, you know? What other movies on our list fall into that? Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So then there you go. I think between those two, Beauty and the Beast takes it. You take it over Beauty and the Beast. Uh, no, I take Beauty and the Beast over Ratatouille. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, Just because, because between those two conventional themes... Beauty and the Beast is the more historically. I mean, it did better at the box office. Okay. It was nominated. That's let's break. Let's break it down like this. Then. Okay. Which villain? Which French villain is more appropriate? The French uh, head chef from Ratatouille or Gaston? <laughs> Gaston. Who's better. Okay. Gaston for right. sure, dude. All right, I'll concede. Because Gaston like legitimately wanted to murder people. <laughs> I snuck. So like, there's a Gaston at Disney World that like berates people like have you seen this i've heard of it yeah <laughs> oh i waited a lot he was so funny he was great <laughs> just making fun of you oh awesome. boy um right. okay so here are the movies that we're left with uh toy story aladdin monsters inc the iron giant frozen south park nightmare before christmas beauty and the beast snow white and the seven dwarfs and the lion king boy which of these movies do you boot right away because i'm kind of leaning towards Shit, I don't know. I, I think we do need to keep Snow White and the Seven Doors for the historical aspect of it because it it was like, t- t- you know. But not at number one. Not at the no, top. no, no. I'm not even saying that we have sure. to arrange them in one through five. Okay, good, yeah. I think we just have a top five. Um, yeah, these are top five. They're all great. Yeah. Lion King is always regarded as like the best 2D animated movie, so I think those two have to stay. I don't know. Snow White's so boring. Have you watched Snow White recently? Do you want to Do you want to boot it off? I kind of do. I mean, like, animation-wise, I appreciate... Like, they rotoscoped over, you know... Yep. Like, film to get fluid motion. Because before, you know... Sort of before then, the, it's it's very um, impressive and, like, the first I, of its I'm kind, okay with that. I was keeping it on for the historical yeah. aspect. But if we're not... Uh, if, if we're just going to go with, like, pure story and, and how we feel, then I'm cool with booting it off. I kind of want to, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, then. All right. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so we have one, two, three, four. So we got to get rid of four. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay getting rid of Nightmare Before Christmas. But really? How do you? Uh, I'm okay gotta, because it's it's not my favorite. It's probably my least favorite of the bunch. Um, yeah. Oh, it is unique though. You know what? Yeah, I, I'll get rid of it. Okay, yeah. I do think if, if this were open up to more outside of American films, some of the, like, the Wallace and Gromit studios. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ardman, Is that yeah, who does those? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe one of those would kind of fill that space, but sorry. All right, so here's the thing. We have, um, we have three Disney movies that are, and we didn't even talk about The Little Mermaid. I friggin', here's the thing. This is me, a grown-ass adult, saying this. Because of characters like Sebastian, I friggin' love The Little Mermaid. <laughs> that it is... Dude, it's classic. You can't tell me you don't go to like, you don't go to California Adventure in uh, in Anaheim and don't go on the Little Mermaid ride first off. Like it's friggin' awesome. Um, it, it's my daughter's favorite Disney princess. There, really? 
Yeah. More than Frozen. More than any of them, yeah. Wow, okay. It's funny. Uh, all right. She likes fish. Between The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. I, okay, we can't touch The Lion King. It, it, it is going yes. to be in the top five. I, that's on there, for Between sure. Between yeah. Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, which one do you go with? Uh, can you, can you, I guess that's, that's the more important question. Can you get rid of either of them? See, I prefer Aladdin, but Beauty and the Beast has the, has too, the history behind it. I prefer Aladdin as well. I'm going to get rid of Beauty and the Beast then. Uh, can we put Ratatouille back? No, <laughs> not really, but kind of. Okay. All right. Let's, is South Park going to stay on the list? What do we got? We got... Iron Giant, Frozen, South Park, Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story, Aladdin, Monsters, Inc. I don't know. Is the Iron Giant <laughs> worthy of staying on this list? Uh, I know you were really pushing hard for it. Uh, I don't think we talk about it as much as the others. All right. Get rid of it. it yeah. Okay. Um, so we need to get rid of two... Between Frozen, South Park, Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story, Aladdin, Monsters, Inc. So the thing I'll say for South Park, and it kills me to say it, do you feel like they could have done the spectacle, the music, everything? Like, if they had the ability to swear on TV, could they have done it as, like, a four-part South Park episode? Yeah, I guess they could have. Could it, like... Like it was, I think after this movie came out, it, the show became very different. To yeah, sort of yeah. Step Cartman became more with the, the show. like the evil one that he is. Basically, yeah. Uh, um, uh, and it's I would probably, uh, it sucks because I'm like I'm still hung up on. We're like, huge South Park, yeah. Oh, I'm still hung up. Like this movie does not. This list does not need to be uh, like kid friendly. And this is the one, that's the last true. one that's remaining. But. I don't know, dude. I mean, the others are just so so good. Because like, even if it didn't get out, this would it would it make it? If say you cut something else, could it make it past the cut of the next thing? Because we need to cut two. I don't think so. Me, me neither. Okay, damn it. That's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. Man, that is that's tough though. That's really really tough. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so that's in the top ten though for sure. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, all right, so. Between Frozen, Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story, Aladdin, Monsters, Inc., we have to get rid of one of these. I'm uh, sure. All right. Um, do, do you have one in your head that you want to get rid of? I, I think it comes down to Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast for me. I think it comes down between Beauty and the Beast and Frozen. Uh, but we both said Beauty and the Beast. What? Wait, how long ago was Frozen? What year? Uh, three or four years. I guess technically by what you like to, you know, like we said about the Lego movie. <sighs> yeah, we would have to revisit the list because, oh, it's just. Yeah. The I, I think it, you definitely need, it is because it's still, like you can go and buy Frozen anything in the store still. Yeah. It's still very much in the pop culture's eye. Yeah. So I think, who, who knows how you would think differently maybe in a few years. That's true. I would be fine cutting it. Okay. Oh, you just did. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> so there. So right. we're not going to arrange these because that's going to be another hour-long conversation. Yep. But oh God. so we have now taken. I know this isn't an award, and this is an award show. So my apologies, but well, but it's a position. These were snubbed. Ex- from exactly. The top five. It is. It is a snubbing issue. So the AFI top five anime, animated movies have gone from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Bambi, The Lion King, and Fantasia, and it is now 
The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story, Aladdin, and Monsters, Inc. I friggin' love Monsters, Inc., dude. And I know so many people yeah. think that something like Up or Wally or Frozen should be in place of that, but it, just, it was such a unique way of telling a story about just, like, what it is to be a kid. You know what I mean? Like, oh. In that ending, the ending when he finally gets back. Oh, in the, in dude, the rips! I don't want to say rips my heart out because that's the wrong emotion, but right, just it's so touching. Oh, it, it, dude, just like your your eyes light up like his do. Yeah, because yeah. you just hear it at the end, you're like kitty, and you're like, oh my yeah. god, he's so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like it's like then your kid sees you crying. Why are you crying, daddy? Because I'm just so happy. Shut up! Don't look at me while I'm crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't wait to watch it with my kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> um okay good I, f- I feel good about that that was a lot of fun that was great that was good um all right i'm gonna peace out i'm gonna say goodbye to mike and i'll be back to wrap it up in a second here guys back here just to wrap it up really quick i just want to thank mike for joining us once again from three time zones away uh definitely cool to be able to do a boston to la podcast it's it's always a good time um not much going on this week uh you know get out there see some movies go on facebook hit us up on twitter at the snubbies let us know what awards you want to see taken away in future episodes and we'll see what we can do for you uh hopefully you guys enjoyed the revamping of the top five Definitely an interesting way of of doing an episode, so hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Maybe we'll do it again in the future. Uh, Let us know what you think on Facebook and Twitter, and in the meantime, have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Bye. Bye-bye, dickhead. See ya. Take care now. Bye-bye, then. Happy Bye. Bye-bye, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>